0: and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
1: In the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Can I tell you guys I love you? I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I will ride with this group until they don't let us play more.
0: Yeah, that was Judd's. Pre-game locker room speech to us here on this feedback uh-huh. Friday. Uh-huh, I I don't will ride. any
2: more shows.
0: <laughs> I will ride. 365 days a year here. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Losing to the Bears a couple weeks ago isn't, like, on the path to winning a Super Bowl. So maybe they corrected some things during the bye Hopefully. week here. We'll find out on Sunday. Vikings Ventline follows this game against the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, Before we get into and turn the show over to you guys for a feedback Friday extravaganza here, let's say hi to our good friends at Quick Trip, Judd. Uh, Quick Trip, the official presenting sponsor of Purple Daily this 2023 season.
2: They are indeed, and we appreciate their support. And we remind you, the Quick Trip is your one-stop shopping. Anything that you want, the three of us can tell you firsthand. You go to Quick Trip? Groceries? Oh, yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner quick? Uh-huh. And, uh huh, and the Karuba coffee, which I personally love because I love a good cup of coffee, and also, you know what? For your car, so so while you're getting stuff for yourself, how about gasoline for your your car? The quality gas guarantee from Quick Trip. Quick Trip backs every drop of gasoline with their quality gas guarantee. Get your destin get to your destination um without worrying about what's in your tank which is absolutely imperative this time of year when it is cold outside when it eventually starts snowing you want that security and that's just another way that quick trip provides great service you know some convenience stores not so great when it comes to customer service Uh uh-uh not the problem at quick trip they are always there to help you
0: yeah and a shout out to federated federated insurance was just named one of the 10 best employers in the state of minnesota by forbes face-to-face and eye-to-eye relationships That is one of the many things that makes Federated Insurance stand out in the insurance industry. Uh, They're all about equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. Those are the corporate culture pillars at Federated. They apply all of those to working with your business. You can find out how you can elevate your business through Federated and their risk management expertise. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, gentlemen. First question here from Joe Mers. You can always hit us up. Via the, uh, the best way to email us is the feedback tab in the Score North app. We stockpile as many as we can here every week. Joe murr says, Phil, I'm addressing this to you so you can slap Judd for me. Hmm. oh Bam. Ouch! I usually agree with Judd's point of view more often than any of you guys, but his take on the Vikings starting Mullins over Hall, which that was more of a hypothetical discussion, in case Dobbs is oh, terrible. But,
2: oh, okay, yep.
0: But in terms of Mullins being next in line over Hall is asinine. Judd, your entire take on that scenario is the goal being just getting to the playoffs. Now is the perfect time to see what Jaron Hall can do. We're not winning a Super Bowl anyways this year. So give the keys to Hall and see what he can do. Judd.
2: Okay. You know what? As as my great friend, my close personal friend, the late Sidney Hartman used to say... Um, I appreciate the note, but you are a selective listener. I was taking my cue off of what Alex Boone and Jeremiah Searles, who both played the sport, said about the locker room. I actually would play Hall. I have no problem with that. But but I'm just saying for the sake of a conversation that is from talking points, from thoughts that come from two people who played the sport professionally, I understand their point, and I think that's why – in Kevin O'Connell's mind, Mullins is the next guy up. That being said, I believe I, I said three or four times within talking about this a couple days ago, I agree with you guys. I actually would have no problem with Hall getting a chance. I think it would go over like a fart in church, though. Really? If Hall got the start. and Because in their minds, it's a fifth-round project pick, and we have seen him for a series and a half. And here's the thing that we don't think about. How has he looked in practice? If he's tearing it up in
0: practice, then I think he got a pretty good case. But is to... he even getting reps in practice? Like, this is That's... what we don't know. But, what, yeah, we but don't they're, know they're, they're trying to prep Dobbs the last month. Yep. It's not like Mullins is, I might get this is an educated guess based on just like, you know, observing practice from afar over the right. years. That they're giving all the reps to Dobbs in practice, right? Like, you covered enough football. Yeah.
2: Right now, yes. But I'm just saying, how has he looked previously? How did he? I mean, there's just too much we don't know. If Jaron Hall looks like he can hack it, then I think that the case becomes stronger. But I'm not going to go against what two guys who played the sport said, because I think that those guys are probably an accurate reflection of an overall feeling. If Jaron Hall, and I think we talked about this on on one of the shows, if Jaron Hall had played the entire Falcons game and played well, a totally different case. But he played, I think he played like seven plays. So but I am I am with you guys. I personally would have zero problem w- with Hall playing.
0: My my only nitpick with this and this is where I I will poke back at Alex and Jeremiah a combined 600 pounds of f- 15 years of NFL experience not yeah. in the room so I can poke back at them right now. I can do it in in hiding and in mm-hmm. safety. Good call. I don't think there's going to be a mutiny in the locker room because the organization were to say even if they were to dress it up and say, "Hey, we actually feel like because of mobility, and just some of the things we've seen, we think that Jaron Hall is the guy. If this is if Dobbs flames out, like if the if the astronaut lands again wrong, right? Yeah, he doesn't land, dude. He crashes. Okay, that's yeah. Hopefully, lands hopefully dying. everyone lives through it. But the Pastronaut is shut down. I don't think there's a mutiny in the locker room based on the gap perceived or otherwise between Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. We're gonna riot because Nick Mullins isn't yeah, getting a shot. Like I don't know if I buy that. That's not how. It- that doesn't work
2: like that, but I do think that the players, I think if you're O'Connell, you, you have to be cognizant of the fact that at one and four, you told this team, we are going to keep going, here we go. And if the quarterback choice is questionable in their mind as far as a project player, I think that it it creates, it's not, it doesn't create, like, it, it doesn't create a situation where the wall gets knocked down and there's a mutiny, but I think it creates some... It creates some doubt about, hey, this guy said this, and now he's doing that. I just think there's a lot more to this than we or than fans realize.
3: I think it still a- goes goes by circumstance, though, because like they had to start him around the Falcons game because of necessity, but also like there wasn't, at least as we know of, wasn't a mutiny for that decision. So like, let's say Dobbs also gets injured in this Raiders game and he's hurt, and then they have to go to Jaron Hall, the next guy up. Is, no, again, but they
0: no, but but Nick Mullins is the next guy up is what Judd's saying, and I'm saying I, I'm saying Jaren Jaren yeah. Hall should. I want to look at Jaron Hall more than right. Nick Mullins.
3: But my my point is when they had to start Jaron Hall, it was supported, and I know it was by default because there was no guy in there. Right. But I don't think it's. I, I agree with I agree with you, Phil. That I think if you gave the keys to Jaron Hall, I don't think that there'd be a lot of people standing up here saying what the hell are we doing? We got to start Nick Mullins. I don't think
0: that how, how that would go now. Yeah. I mean, I like Nick Mullen seems like a great guy, but, you know,
2: I don't think we're looking at a mutiny. I just think that we're trying we're trying to decipher um, a situation that there's a lot of things we don't know about it, which is why I trust O'Connell with quarterbacks until he proves he can't he can't do it. And so far, you know what? I'm on board. K.O.C.
0: Alex Pacchetti chimes in here via the score north app. Josh Dobbs' terrible performance against the Bears has driven me back into the fetal position as I am almost oh, no. convinced Kevin O'Connell will stand on the table to bring back Kirk Cousins next year. Oh yeah. I personally think this is a terrible idea, but that's never stopped us from re-signing him before. <laughs> so here's what I think happens, Alex says. Looking at the quarterback contract landscape, Hertz, Burrow, Herbert, and Lamar all signed five-year, $255 million deals. And the average annual value between the four of them at the top of that quarterback pay scale is $52.5 million. We know Kirk won't quite hit that number, but we do know that he will get more than Daniel Jones and Derek Carr did, who received $40 million and million average annual value, respectively. For anyone saying he's taking a discount, just consider what teams like Tennessee, Atlanta, Las Vegas, New England, Pittsburgh, et cetera, would do for a competent quarterback. That's, that's going to be, I mean, there's going to be teams that create the market. Yep. Look what they've paid for middling ones, Ryan Tannehill, right? Yep. That leaves Kirk in the range of let's say forty-two million dollars a year, and probably at least two years and a no-trade clause, because like there'd be a bidding war, and you'd have to, you know. Yep. I believe if Kirk signed a two-year eighty-five million-dollar extension, we could expect his cap hit with the void years that they they had to push a bunch of his accounting <laughs> into next year. We're looking at probably fifty to fifty-five million-dollar cap hits for two thousand twenty-four and, and twenty-five. For me, this makes me want to Google the nearest insane asylum book a room, but I'm sure other Vikings fans will rejoice that we don't have to ever look behind door number two because God forbid we find a franchise quarterback at some point. Alex is struggling.
2: (laughs) Alex, Alex, first of all, let me say, bravo. That's really well, well done as the kids say, I think you might be spitting truths. Um, I wouldn't, you know what? It's some good points and we don't know. Like, like you'd love to push back and say, Oh, come on. But no, I think he's got if Kevin O'Connell basically goes into Quazy and Brzezinski and the Wilfs and pounds the table and says, Hey, look, Kirk's my guy. Like we've seen, we've seen Dobbs, we've seen some alternatives, and um, I don't think that, that we can trade up high enough to get a quarterback that can start next year. There's a fighting chance that what you just read from Alex was spot on, Phil
0: yeah I think that's that's what's interesting about this is if the quarterbacks that are in your stable here like let's say Dobbs continues to kind of stumble all over the place and if if you're if you're like Alex and you want the Vikings to move on from Kirk Cousins what you should be rooting for is Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall or even Nick Mullins to play really really well but not well enough to where the Vikings would want that guy as the replacement for like you know 20 30 40 million dollars a year well enough to show that hey, there is life beyond Kirk Cousins. But if we get a couple more of these performances like we saw on Monday Night Football two weeks ago, it will drive the Vikings back to the safe. Okay, God, how quickly is that Achilles going to heal? Right. Let's yeah. just let's just get a professional guy back in here and you know throw accurate passes to T.J. Hawkinson close to the sticks, right? So yeah, I think I feel, you're right. I feel you, yeah, Alex. Well,
2: here's here's the only question that I maintain that I and I don't know the answer to is, and Dobbs is obviously not the guy, but is what you see from Dobbs from a mobility standpoint, and we, we've talked about this before, and what he can do with his feet, does that entice KOC to say, hey, you know what? Kirk's going to be 36. He's going to be coming off a torn Achilles. Like, he can't move. Um, I want a guy that can move. But that's the unknown. It's like, we don't know that. And so Alex makes some very, very good points. And I think on the contract, he might be exactly right if Kirk comes
0: back. You guys ever seen that Rookie of the Year movie where that kid wow. that kid breaks his arm and he mm-hmm. then plays for the Cubs with the Cubs, like, yeah. a, like a ten year old? Yeah, you know maybe maybe that's what can happen here. Maybe Kirk tearing the Achilles, you know, they put it back together and now he runs like a four four forty. And he's, he's sprinting around. You get the best of both worlds. You get the experienced veteran pocket passer, and now you get bionic leg dynamic. He becomes bion- like a bionic bionic. <laughs> maybe that's what we should go for. Yep. Uh, Justin R. said, you stated the Vikings need to take a quarterback in the first round earlier this week. You should take it a step further and actually recommend a quarterback to take. I personally do not feel comfortable yet because we haven't seen the combine. We haven't seen like there's a lot of stuff. Informa- we need more information, I feel like, after the college football season's over. Before before we start throwing specific names for sure. And say, I mean, OK, like if Drake May is available, I will take yep. Drake May but it really depends on where the other guys after Caleb Williams and Drake may fall and what information comes out about them. So there, there's only one person on
2: this show who hosts purple daily on the draft. So, mm-hmm. and and I know it's not Bo Nix because Tyler Fornas will, but he hates well, Declan Bo might Nicks. like Bo Nix because so Tyler doesn't like, Bo Well, Nicks. but he's digested what, what these experts have said. So what's the verdict outside of like the top two guys.
3: So yeah. I, I'm not as against Bo Nix as Tyler, but, I do have a fear of a guy who's like 25 years old, 26, bouncing around. I don't know. I, Bo Nix doesn't do a whole lot for me, basically, is what I'm saying. Again, sure. not as against it as Tyler. I could be talked into it. But right now, no, I wouldn't go for Bo Nix. I know he's frail, but, dude, Jaden Daniels is putting up an absurd college football season. And I know he's kind of, kind of, kind of skinny and could be, could be just absolutely bent over and crushed by, by an NFL player. But that's also, like, the nature of the NFL. You're going to get hit a lot. He's He looks awesome for LSU. I would say that's the guy that I'd be circling, and once combines come and once you kind of see more from the details of that and what scouts are saying, uh, that's that's the thing. I was talking to you guys off, Mike, about the S20, uh, S22. I believe that's what it's called. That's like the new wonderlick test. They don't do the wonderlick for rookie QBs anymore. They do the this S22 test. S2. And how, S2, S2 cognitive. S2 test. There it is. Um, and how Bryce Young got a near-perfect score and C.J. Stroud bombed the test. But C.J. Stroud is obviously putting up legitimately one of the best rookie quarterback seasons we have ever seen, and Bryce Young, for right now, looks like a complete disaster and is headed towards uh, major bust territory. So, yeah, once we have more information, for sure, you know, we can start looking at guys, but I think right now the one that does intrigue me on December 8th is Jaden Daniels.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is very much becoming the third quarterback on the board from most of the mock drafts that you're seeing out there. And then there's Penix, there's JJ McCarthy, there's Bo Nix. So there's going to be and so there's probably six guys that are going to be talked about as first round or fringe first round guys. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. Um, Let's see here. Ken Olson says the thing I can't stand about sports talk is feeding me BS, telling me it's caviar. When I first stumbled on Purple Daily, I was like, finally, a show that's going to be honest. But lately, I feel like I'm being told it's caviar again. KOC's bad play calling is standing out without Kirk under center, yet I hear how awesome he is. At what? Be honest. If he was coaching any other team, what would you be saying about the lack of cohesive play calling?
2: Well, hold on a second here. I take offense to this because um, I think we have had open discussions about his strengths and and the places where he is either weak or just needs to improve. We've talked about the play calling being a problem and in game. I, I mean, I think he's taken a step back as far as play calling goes, but for sure in game, right? Like timeout usage decisions. So I still think that he is good, very good at developing potentially quarterbacks. Like I, I haven't seen anything he's doing to develop the team where I'm like, Oh, they, that that sucks. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. I think we've had some pretty good discussions about the fact that the play calling at times, and particularly for me in that bears game and the Broncos game, but was not good. So I, I take offense to there's nuance in our discussions, nuance. Damn it.
0: Well, okay. Also. Yeah. I think, I think there's room to say, and we've, I feel like you especially have covered some of the play calling gripes. There's room to say, yeah. There's some play calling stuff here that should be different, or maybe maybe some fourth down. You got to you got to pick a lane on fourth down. You're going for it on fourth and seven from your own territory, but then you're not going for it on fourth and one or fourth and three, you know, on the other side. So there's definitely some nitpicky things. But if you, Ken, my guy, okay, email or Ken, if you zoom out to thirty thousand feet here, if my math is right, Kevin O'Connell is nineteen and ten as a head coach in his first twenty nine regular season games. With yep. a bottom three defense last year, that he he said, "Oh, he," now you could have made a may, maybe make an argument that he should have fired Don until midseason, but they weren't going to hire Brian Flores midseason, right? So he immediately moves off a wrong hire at defensive coordinator. He doesn't let his ego get in the way. He says, "You know what? That was a bad hire. I'm gonna I'm gonna correct it right now, and I'm gonna bring in Brian Flores. Boom! Overnight, top ten defense. Right? So credit." Let's let's get out of the play calling for a second and just look at head coaching things like you're overseeing mm-hmm. an entire team and organization. So you you fix the defense overnight with a good hire and now you're 19 and 10 with half of that being not half but like you got backup quarterbacks and you've got injuries and Justin Jefferson and you know Marcus Davenport was supposed to be your other edge rusher like the injuries they've dealt with this season are not to be overlooked. So I don't know, I'm just saying like to say that he's like to ask the question, what is he good at? And then ignore all of the other evidence in front of your face, especially the 19 and 10 record here and the team buying in. And so is he the best coach in the NFL? No. Is should he be anywhere near a hot seat for like losing a couple games to Denver and the Bears?
2: No. No. I just think we've still criticized things that have to be or that should be criticized, but that doesn't include everything.
3: Eating better is easy with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormealscom purple daily 50 and use code purple daily 50 to get 50% off. That's code purple daily 50 at factormealscom purple daily 50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals.
0: Uh, Sharif Stafford says with the bears rumor circulating that they'll move on from Justin Fields. How would you guys feel about potentially trading a couple day three picks? If, if that is the price for Justin Fields, I think it'll be more than that. Uh, and using the first round pick on something else. So Vikings would, would trade for Justin Fields for something less than a first round pick. And then they would use their first round pick on an edge rusher or something.
3: I'd be against it. Um, I, don't, I would not take a flyer on Justin Fields. I would rather you keep Jaron Hall and build from there. You can always find your Nick Mullins, the capable backups that exist. Um, but no, I would not take a day three flyer on Justin Fields and, th- and have that as like this great little reclamation project on the side. I think your project right now should be Jaron Hall. And then obviously in the draft, if you take someone early, then that, that changes things on, on who's the future quarterback. But I would, I would have a hard pass
2: on Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to go unless O'Connell said, "Hold on a second here." The Bears are a dumpster fire of an organization. Have done a terrible job. Which, if they said that, or if he said that, I would consider it. But yeah, I, you know what, I would rather start with a quarterback who I'm developing from day one right now. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is, if you do that and Fields plays well, guess what? He's going to come up for a contract, and then he's going to be one to be paid commiserate to what he performed as. So. Yeah, I would prefer to get my own quarterback and develop that player.
0: Yeah, I, I could be wrong on this, but I don't see a path for Justin. Fe- even if he gets into a better organization, just better infrastructure, everything. I don't see a path to where he is one of the top five or six franchise-leading quarterbacks in the NFL. Therefore, I don't want to have to pay him like one. Right, And that's what he would command in a couple of years. Let's let's say you do turn him around, and now he's like the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the league. Sound familiar? and you're paying for top three, top five production. Now you're kind of stuck with a a different type of a quarterback, but you're stuck in a similar spot. So to Declan's point, I would actually, because of the contract value, I'd rather start Jaron Hall next year for a million dollars a year on your books, than make a play draft capital. And then big contract on the horizon for Justin Fields. Now I'd rather just draft a quarterback in the first round and not choose either of those options. But yeah. Um, Mike T. Phil, I got to say your take on Thursday about Dobbs is worth calling out. People have been gaga over Josh Allen for years. You said the difference between a good starting quarterback and a backup is someone who doesn't turn the ball over. So is Josh Allen a multi-year starter? Who? uh, uh, Sorry. So is Josh Allen a multi-year starter who has significant turnover problems, not worthy of being a franchise quarterback? That is a a major leap in logic there. So if you're saying Josh Allen and Josh Dobbs are comparable because they both turn the ball over, my comeback to you would be, okay, let's look at the, the high end of their production and compare. Uh, with Josh Allen, you get, just like Brett Favre, Brett Favre turned the ball over, but then you get like this MVP upside during their best seasons. So I looked this up before the show. Josh Allen has generated 14 more touchdowns this season than Josh Dobbs. And that doesn't count just like watching the game with your eyes and seeing that those two guys are clearly different levels of talent. So yeah, I mean, turning the ball over is one factor. If you're going to turn the ball over a lot, you need to be awesome on the high end of your production. Like Josh Allen is to stay out there. The problem with Dobbs is you're getting, he leads the league in fumbles. He's taken a safety. He's throwing interceptions, you know, intentional groundings, but you're not getting like four touchdowns on the high end of it. Like Josh Allen might give you. So I think it's, Really tough to even put those guys in the same sentence for a comparable outside of, oh, they both have turnover issues. Okay. Yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like baseball players. I mean, a lot of good baseball players still strike out a lot, but are they still getting on base a ton? Are they still hitting home runs? You know, like Joey Gallo only strikes out or he only hits home runs and he doesn't do anything else. Like Joey Gallo and Mike
0: Trout both strike out a lot. Yeah. That is correct. Yes. And then Mike Trout goes and hits 40 (laughs) home runs and gets on base at a 40% clip, like... Yeah. Um, Bruce Babbitt chimes in. Want to throw some reckless speculation out to you guys. Mm. Okay.
2: Reckless speculation.
0: He says the Vikings should consider trading Justin Jefferson to the Cardinals for the second overall pick. This would give the Cardinals, (laughs) Kyler Murray and Justin Jefferson and it would give the Vikings a shot at Drake May and save them the money to the cap to go sign Daniel Hunter to an extension or what have you. Would you, or just any variation of okay, that. Would me. you entertain trading Justin Jefferson oh. to a top-five drafting team? Oh,
2: First of all, I'm going to directly poke holes in that exact trade. If the Cardinals were going to make that trade for Justin Jefferson, they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the second pick, and get a get a unbelievable wide receiver on a rookie contract. Like, I mean, keep in mind here, Justin Jefferson, who I would not trade personally, still has to be paid. So the Cardinals aren't a trade partner because they've because a quarterback almost certainly is going to go one overall. So mm-hmm. if you really want, if you really want him, Harrison, who is by the way threatening to go back to Ohio State, <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. He ain't going back to Ohio State. Um well, he he
0: he's making millions in NIL probably. Yeah. So
2: yeah, but why but why would you pass up a pro contract? Like like you're that's year to year. If you're him, you just go play pro ball. But anyway, yeah. So the Cardinals would take him second. Um, would I consider trading uh, Jefferson? I don't think so. No. Like I I'm gonna pay him. He is he has proven himself to be one of the best receivers, if not again, the best in the entire league. So, I mean, you would have to blow me away. Now, if you offered me, if if it was, um, you know, a top five pick this year, a top five pick next year, it, basically a package I don't think any team would give up. I would consider that for sure. But, no, I am not interested in pursuing, and I've, t- I've said this before, I'm not interested in pursuing a trade of Justin Jefferson.
0: I want to hear Declan's answer, and then I, I saw a, a great follow-up question in the comments to add to this. But Dex, would you would you call the top five teams in the draft and say, hey, JJ's available?
3: Um, here's the thing. It does answer a lot of long-term questions for you because right now you can't pay Kirk. You can't pay JJ. You can't pay Daniel Hunter. You can't pay Christian Dersaw. Like you can't pay all these good players to long-term contracts. So if you get rid of JJ, you get rid of Kirk. All right. That's two guys you don't have to pay. You get to pay Daniel Hunter, get your new franchise quarterback. You have Jordan Addison. You have TJ Hawkinson. It's not, I don't think like the thought process is not exactly completely flawed but I would need also way more than just the second overall pick. I would need more. Oh, wow. So I would actually I would say no. I would counter. I would counter with I need more back. I need more back. to. Do what if it's like, like
0: the like second that. overall pick and then like a third round pick? I don't think you're I, getting a, the second overall pick and another first for a wide receiver when like Marvin Harrison is sitting in there. So it would, it would just be no, no deal, I guess.
3: Yeah, it would right. probably be no deal then if I can't get another future – future asset. I mean, the, the, what I know the Panthers moved up to what to get the first overall pick and they gave up DJ Moore to do so. And that was a smaller jump than going from where the Vikings are most likely to be picking, but, and they
2: threw him in
0: like yeah, that. They just, that trade was, yeah.
3: So I, I I'd probably hang I'm up the you. phone, but I, I do say it does answer a lot of questions, financial questions for the Vikings going forward.
0: I mean, like I've been pretty steadfast in saying, okay, just keep the car intact. You know, the 49ers paid Debo, right? Like you can pay wide seat. Now, I don't know that he's making, I'd have to go look. I don't think he's making Tyreek money, but, but I, I don't have any problem paying Jefferson, certainly paying Derrissaw if I'm getting super cheap at quarterback, because then I can afford to keep everything else intact. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be worth having some conversations with the teams in the top five, just in case if, if especially if Jefferson is saying, no, I want to be paid like well above I want to be paid instead of like $30 million, which is what Tyree kill makes. I want to make like 35. And now we're talking about like franchise quarterback money. Um, But here's another question from Dwayne Cruz in the YouTube comment section. A team that really needs a wide receiver is the Kansas city chiefs. And they are in a win. Now Super Bowl window where they would probably happily trade away first round picks to get a great wide receiver. That's not dropping passes five times a game. Mm Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs called you and said, "Okay, we've got right now the Chiefs, because of their record of the 25th pick, they might pick later because they're probably going to go deeper, right? If the Chiefs said, I'll just make this up. We'll give you this year's 25th, next year's first, and this year's second. So we'll give you a first, a second, and next year's first round pick for Justin Jefferson. Boy. Would you do it? Or, or here's another question. From the feedback, Corey Larson, could the Vikings include Jordan Addison in a package to move up for a quarterback? What if the Chiefs called you and said, we'll give you this year's first round pick and like a third. Or a first and a second for Jordan Addison.
2: Hmm. First and a second, I would consider it, but the Chiefs are basically going to have that. Here's my problem. It's basically two second round picks probably. So it's like their first round pick, assuming that the Chiefs are going to chief it up in the playoffs. um, It's more like two second round picks. It'd be borderline for me because of that. Unless I was, unless I could have, unless I had a deal in place where I could, you know, take those picks and swap them and go up and get a quarterback. But my preference would be uh, not to do the trade with a team that I almost am certain is going to make some type of playoff run.
3: Yeah, I I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think I can do it. I would rather keep I would rather keep Justin Jefferson, who's the best wide receiver in football and find
2: a rookie quarterback or find someone else. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. But, but yeah, how about I, Jordan? But how about Jordan? That's the I mean that's that's at least more tempting. I thought about that. Yeah. I thought about that one.
0: I think the the greater question here though is you need unless you commit to Cousins, which is maybe where they land back on, but you're going to need a quarterback and you're going to need an edge rusher. And I don't know that you're going to have the salary cap space to go like, I haven't looked at the free agent edge rushers, but I don't know that you're going to sign one. Maybe maybe you can sign a stopgap one for like a year because you did it with Zadarius. There might be a move out there somewhere. But are you really going to nail your first and second round picks where you sit, which is going to be later in the first round, right? Are you going to nail those two wildly important positions, like maybe the two most important positions for the next five to ten years of your franchise? Or can you find someone on your roster? Is there anyone that on the current roster that's under contract that you would look to leverage for draft capital? Because they have time and time again not done that the last couple of years, right? They've let guys, they've let guys expire and become free agents, or they've let guys value go off the cliff, like Adam Thielen. So they don't have like. Right. Is there anyone that you would get out in front of and say, "Man, we really could use another like first or second round pick just to just to have some capital." I mean, Judd tried to trade Christian Darrisaw at one point on the show a few ago. Yeah, threw that ago. out okay, there. Just, I threw I'm I threw saying. out the
2: possibility of conversations <laughs> go but but I mean that's not going to happen. I don't think there's I don't think there's anybody left now who would have the type of potential value you're talking about. Yeah. Like I think there was a time Harrison Smith did. Like if you said, "Okay, we're deep at safety, despite the fact our first round pick from a year ago is awful." Um, but Harrison Smith now is an aging player. Uh he still valuable to Vikings, but I don't think you're going to trade him for much. And per- personally, I think now he ends his career as a Viking. I'm just trying to think of, like, who would be in that group now, like, you know, among guys. There was a time Daniel was, but now his contract's expiring, and that's yeah. not an option.
0: And you're probably not. I'm I am just getting creative here. You know, the Bynums and the Metelluses, like... Those They're guys nice are so like, integral to what you're doing, and you're
2: not going to get you're not going to get what you think for nice. that. You know, yeah, you're like not get a first round one. pick
0: for Metellus. No, yep. no, yeah, and so you know, it's just it's it's food for thought because you can't. This is the problem. Like in a perfect world, oh, you just sign everyone, you bring everyone back, you well, sign everyone, and you draft perfectly, and you have like, but that's not the reality. You, at some point, you're probably going to need another first round pick or another second round pick to to leverage your way.
2: I'll tell you again, from a, my, my opinion only from an internal standpoint is I could see a world where they let Hunter walk and re-sign Kirk. God. Not my first choice, but I'm telling you, I, I could see that. I mean, Kevin <sighs> O'Connell is theme. an offensive guy. Brian Flores might be gone. Um, they're going to serve. I, I mean, we know for a fact that any coach uh, who has a, and almost all do now, a particular a particular side of the football usually picks that side. So I don't think Kevin O'Connell is going to say if he really wants Kirk back. I don't think he's he's going to say what we've said, which is, "Oh my God, I mean, daniil has been fantastic, and you know, Kirk's getting old." I think O'Connell is going to say Kirk has been such a key part of what we if do. They, I'm just telling you that, from their point. This is not franchise suicide.
0: Franchise suicide. If you decide, I and this is this would be franchise suicide over like an 18 month span, where you would have made the decision. I instead of agree. instead of managing the asset that is Daniil Hunter into a first round pick traded to the Jaguars right before the deadline, or extending him and just keeping keeping like if you were to let him walk for a comp pick and like a third round comp pick in 2025, which is what it would be, then this front office officially would have no vision. We're going to keep going year to year with an an old non elite quarterback who's expensive and now has a torn Achilles, but we're going to bungle all these other. Assets and find a roller coaster ride way to nine wins. Like I'm getting worked up over the hypothetical of that happening. But
2: I'm with you. We'll I'm see. just saying. I'm just saying. I've never seen a coach on who has a particular side of the football that is near and dear to his heart. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw that guy say, "You know what? For the greater good, we're going to keep the defensive guy and allow the guy I like to go." Well, that's
0: where the that's where the front office has to have three to five year vision. I hope you're and, right and an asset management sense. Right? You got to you got to be able to. You've to you be, be clear, able to, I, to manage your head coach and say, hey man.
2: Just to be absolutely clear, I completely agree with what you're saying. I am throwing out the hypothetical of things I've just seen before. Yep. But I'm with you. <sighs> okay. All right. Well calm down. You gotta fin- calm down. See? Calm down. Calm
0: down. <laughs> Finch Home Solutions is not oh, a hypothetical. God. It's a reality oh. that they will fix your electrical systems.
2: And you know what? If you are worked up, because this morning you got on guys, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this morning you got up and something didn't work. A light didn't work. I don't know. You've got electrical problems. You know what the most important thing is? You have to get Finch Home Solutions. My friend Cody and his team do a fantastic job. I'm talking big or small. I'm talking you want an outlet replaced. Yeah, that's small, but you're not going to DIY that, I would hope. Guess what? Finch Home Solutions to the rescue. Your home needs to be rewired. Finch Home uh, Solutions to the rescue. You want to put in a hot tub. Finch Home Solutions, so you can be comfortable in that hot tub during the cold months of winter. 612-357-2604 finchhomesolutions.com Their website's been redesigned. It's absolutely as easy to navigate as possible. Book uh, an appointment now. Cody and his team will come out to your house. They will fix the the problem. And you know what? If you have hot Vikings takes, tell them them what they are. Because Cody wants to talk Vikings. Their entire team loves the purple (laughs) And they love Purple Daily, so FinchHomeSolutions.com.
0: You can crack a beer while Cody fixes your hot tub, your electrical system, right?
2: Oh. Great. Near and dear to my heart, right? Uh, you, you know what? I never have to go far. I never have to go far to find, and I know this is going to shock you all out there, Surly Brewing, absolutely delicious selection of beers. And what's on my mind today as we talk about the Vikings and the future uh, plans before I Die, because that speaks to Purple Daily, what Surly does, what everyone in this town is a Vikings fan wants a Super Bowl championship. Before I Die is a way to symbolize your dedication and devotion to what every buddy wants. And of course, as you are sipping on one during Sunday's game or perhaps on Saturday as you're pregaming, well, show us your cans at Jay Zolgad, at Score North on X. Always love to see. What you're sipping on, if it's a Surly, a Furious, a Logic Bomb, Before I Die, all delicious beers.
0: Amen. And if you're a dog and you're not old enough to drink Surly, that's fine. You're always old enough to eat Nutrisource, the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily and Score North. Oh, Maya Mackie. You know what? She she got in a nice little rhythm there of just kind of letting us sleep in for like three weeks. And then this morning she decided, "Uh uh-uh, I'm hungry for my Nutrisource chicken and rice. So you're going to get your ass out of bed, Mackie. And you can see that that look from
2: Stella because she did the exact same to me today. In fact, she said, you get up and you get me that Nutrisource because that's what I'm used to. And she also said, make sure you go to Chuck and Don's to get me more cans because I love it. And I said, of course I will, Stella's. Much like the Vinster, he runs the house.
3: Yep it's it's Friday treat day. You know we uh, we like to have treats on Fridays, and uh, I think we'll have we'll have some Nutrisource treats after this show because that's what Vinster likes. He knows Fridays. He, d- he sits just like that actually around like you know Friday at noon. He's just like, all right, it's Friday, it's noon. Where's my Nutrisource treat? It's time.
0: Come on, guy, give me some Nutrisource. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to, invite, to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. That's PetFoods dot com. Watch Vin Vinster's like. Hey, dude, I got my watch here. It's noon. Put a watch on a dog. Be a good, be a good Instagram account. Probably already exists. Uh, Dave Harms says, I feel like you guys aren't talking enough about the defense not holding the lead at the end of these last two games against two bad offenses. We've been lauding Brian Flores for essentially yes. making a jump into the top. Actually, since week four, yes top 5 across almost every meaningful defensive statistical category but does the defense deserve blame for letting Broncos and Bears march down into game winning range
2: all right i'm just trying to recall off the top of my head the sunday night loss to denver i seem to recall in that game that the defense that that was a lengthy drive and they looked completely gassed when the broncos scored um all but however i will say this the bears so the Bears game, it's hard to fault the defense because I think they gave up 12 points.
0: They should have won 27. All field goals. To, to, yeah. The
2: offense screwed the pooch so poor so badly. But I will say, I will say, the lack of pressure that they all of a sudden dialed down on that last drive really surprised me. Because like Justin Fields was was flummoxed, right? Like he had turned the ball over a couple times right before that. They clearly were in his head. And then they sort of just allowed him to matriculate down the field without a problem. I didn't like that. So I do think that that's a good point. But that being said, again, I think when the offense can't beat the Bears and you hold the Bears to 12 points, it's really hard for me to say the defense has to do more when the defense did a lot. So I struggled to get down on what Flores and the group did, but but I was surprised he didn't continue the pressure in that last drive. If you get beat, then fine. But sort of going passive, I didn't love that.
3: Yeah, I mean, defense also goes down to a lot of situational things, and even the Vikings on third down this year, their defense isn't great. They're 25th in the NFL on third down percentage and getting off the field. Brian Flores has done a good job. Like, from a 30,000-foot view, he certainly has done a good job. But there are things that, you know, yeah, the last two games in the the late-game situations and then third down, like getting the defense off, um, he does have to be a little bit better there. But, yeah, I have a hard time blaming him, especially for the Bears' loss when you didn't give up a touchdown all game.
0: Yeah, the Bears won. I mean, I'm trying to remember too, uh, in that Broncos game, the Vikings did they have some did the Broncos pick up the ball in, in like deep in Vikings territory a couple times? I don't I don't here we go. Broncos drives. I mean, they started one of their drives on the Vikings nine yard line, held to a field goal. Yeah. You know, they had uh another one they started on the Vikings thirty yard line and were held to a field goal. So in that game, it's like, God, you're, wait a second. We have to, we have to stop them. They're like in the red zone when they start their drive. And against the Bears, I know that they gave up that game-winning field goal. Screw you, offense. Yeah, come on. If you would have said to any of us before that game starts tonight on Monday Night Football, in front of friend of the show Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, the Vikings defense is going to hold the Bears to zero touchdowns, twelve total points. Take it or leave it. I think every single one of us would have taken that. So it's t- I mean yeah sometimes those sometimes the 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 extra field goal that takes you from 9 to 12 happens to be the last drive of the game that's the way football works offense has to be better so no. yeah
3: did you Barker- guys see also like similar clip did you see the jeff saturday uh, clip on McAfee this week talking oh, yeah, was about the Colts' debacle. in yes, the, second the half, thirty-three nothing yes. in the halftime. Like we're in trouble here, boys. Like we're starting every drive at like their thirty-yard line. Like we need to get points. We need to still like put this team away. And it was hilarious to hear from
2: the Colts' perspective. So we haven't heard that at all from him.
0: Yeah, yeah he's he's definitely. very self-deprecating about it now that he's back. Because he had Indiana.
2: no business having that job. Um, The Broncos, so he's talking about the last drives, though. So the Broncos' last drive in in that game on Sunday a couple weeks ago started with 317 left at the Broncos' 25. Mm -hmm. It went 10 plays, 75 yards. So I think they were absolutely gassed playing in, and it's a cliche and excuse, but, I mean, you you are playing in the altitude there. Um, The decision to not bring pressure against the Bears, I think, is fair to question. Yeah.
0: So. Okay, a couple more on KOC here. Jason Fleming says, my question is around KOC and his style. Do you think that a coach can be too player friendly? I will say I'm a big fan of KOC's. Been watching the Vikings since the early 90s. I do have to pause as he seems to be in the direction of loyal to a fault during the adversity face this season. Seems like there's been a lack of a lot of talk, but no real consequences when performing on offense, uh, we see the same issues today as opening day with turnovers, lack of discipline, uneven play calling, et cetera. Um, are those fair criticisms?
2: I think it's something to watch um, because I know exactly what he's saying. And it look, O'Connell did a lot of work to get, I think, the team back together and, and, to, and to attempt to, along with Kwesi as well, set a culture last season. Uh, I do worry a bit though, when I don't see more uh, consequences and I voiced the concern too, that it, it, you know, he has gotten up to the podium at times, especially when the fumble problems were at their worst uh, three or four games in and talked about consequences. And then we didn't really see them. And so, yes, I think this is, this is worth monitoring because at some point in time there do have to be consequences and you do have to come down on the team all of this being said, I will caution, again, just like with Jaron Hall, we don't know what's going on internally. So, like, he might have a strategy for how he's trying to bring up consequences before he, he drops an actual hammer of benching guys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think it's worth keeping an eye-, eye on. But also, in most cases with most teams, like, your your approach is going to last for what's fair. Five, six, you know, seven years. Like the John Harbaugh's and the Tomlin's are the rare guys. So I'm not super concerned about it yet, but I totally get the point. Um, I think when you're coming in, though, after Zim, who who, who was just miserable that last year, I think you do have to come in with a very different approach, which Kevin did.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Earl Abbott has a KOC question, too. He says, what would it take for a coach like KOC to give up play calling?
2: well hold on a second here okay okay so i agree he has not had a like a great year like there have been some very questionable things but number one i'm not sure he's terrible or really really bad like he's he's he didn't call plays previously mcveigh called plays so he's still learning and developing and here's my other question Why do we think Wes Phillips is going to step into that role and like suddenly be better? Wes Phillips doesn't call plays. The devil
3: you don't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. But but it's sort of
2: but but look, look, Childress gave up play calling when it was clear that that he was doing things like freezing and calling the wrong play. So that was like, okay, you're just not good. And but I mean, O'Connell, yeah, he's made questionable calls, but I just find it interesting that we are going to give the play calling. It's not like you've got this veteran bench coach play caller guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who's like, I've been doing this my whole life. Give, give me the, give me the keys t- to the car. We're talking about West Phillips. So I'm not comfortable with that. If if he's going to give a play calling, I think I want a guy who's called plays, not an, not another newbie in 2024. So I think there's a lot more to this conversation than we are currently discussing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I think it's so hard to on play calling. There's so much of it has to do with personnel. And do I think he's having a perfect year calling plays? Absolutely not. Is it hard for us fans and media to sit here without being in the room for like when they're literally game planning for the week to know? Is he good at play calling or not? There's so many reasons for why coaches call certain plays like the end of the game against the Bears. People are getting on KOC for being too conservative with those last three plays. Okay. First of all, his quarterback was a turnover machine the entire night. Like he literally leads the NFL in fumbles and he's throwing interceptions and everything. Absolutely. And he's like, he's, he's freaking out in the pocket and intentional grounding. So to to see that happen for basically two straight weeks and be like more aggressiveness with Josh Dobbs in that situation, I think you can understand KOC's logic. And then as Alex Boone and Jeremiah Serrels pointed out, the first run play, we did this on trenches. Go watch the trenches episode from from Monday. The first play was a five or six yard gain ready made. Alexander Madison hits the wrong hole. Right play call for a four or five yard gain. Yep. Bad execution by a running back who's not a starting caliber running back, right?
2: That oh, okay. So so I think we sometimes confuse exactly that play calling with game planning and personnel use. Like, like we're like, well, the play calling on that sucked. And to your point, Phil, it absolutely didn't suck. Now should Madison be the guy playing? That's a good question. Do I think I actually think if, if you go back and dissect what I didn't like about what Kevin did against the the bears, it was far more the game plan. Like once the game starts, you can't just start calling plays that don't exist. Right? Like, like you game plan, so you know what you're going to. You you probably have a rough outline idea of exactly what you're going to do, right? So okay, once you get there, those are your play calls. I think we sometimes confuse. Well, why didn't he use Dobbsmore to run? Blah 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 blah. That would have been the game plan.
0: Yeah. Yep. And now we'll find out what does the game plan look like after after two weeks of run more. of uh, yeah brainstorming and whatever. Um, Hey before we get to the this last one is digging up an old wound here, but let's shout out our friends at Livia here because I think a lot of people they just kind of say, "Ah oh, well, it's December, I'll just wait till January to ch-. how empowering would it be if you started losing weight two weeks, three weeks before holiday gatherings huh
2: It's called the sports dad plan a couple of years back it dropped. 40 pounds, thanks to uh, a program that I'm going to tell you right now works. And Phil is right. You're on your couch right now. You're thinking, eh, January 1st, I'll, I'll get on the exercise bike. But you know what? Don't be a cliche. Don't be that guy or gal. Take control of your life right now. Embrace your weight loss journey right now. How would you like to have lost 10 pounds by Jan 1? So when all your friends are like, I got to go to the gym for the first time in months, you're saying, well, you know what? I've already dropped 10 pounds. And here is the best news of all. Livia has extended their Black Friday offer. Join today. You're going to save up to 50%. That's right, 50%. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program three years in a row. Three years in a row. Livia.com. Start losing that weight right now.
0: And you can still eat good food and eat responsibly, which is why we recommend going to three Jack and maybe even bringing your, uh, bringing your driver along with these winter months coming up, Dex,
3: especially a guy like me. Like, look, I'm, I, I got a new driver last year. It started off really well. And then guess what happened? I started, I started slicing that thing again. And, uh, I can't just sit on it for four months here. Right. I mean, I can't get any swings in outside, but I can take that bad boy to three Jack get those loaded nachos, get that chicken sandwich, get a great beer. Uh, A lot of awesome options at 3Jack in the North Loop in Minneapolis. Of course, when you mention Purple Daily, they'll give you a free pint as well with any menu purchased item. And then, you know, holiday season, you got family coming to town. Maybe, like, you're too nervous to host everybody. Go to 3Jack. They can host from people from 12 up to 200. If you got, like, 200 Mm. crazy cousins and family that is coming into town, some Griswold family vacation stuff, go to 3Jack. Go to 3Jack. Bring them in. Go go see them. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com to learn more. (laughs)
0: Yeah, bring Uncle Eddie in there with his camera. Uncle
3: Eddie loves it. Oh, God, I love that
0: movie. Hey, Clark. And by the way, thank you guys too for for just all the support that you give to our partners and sponsors on this show. If it, if it weren't for those partners and sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do this show 365 days a year, the live vent lines, the live streams, and then everything else we do at Score North too, Flagrant Howls, Judd's Hockey Show, the Score North Twin Show. Um, that is what those partners are what keep the lights on and keep us in front of these microphones talking like idiots every single day. So thank you, guys. Uh, Thomas Power says, as we say here in New Jersey, not for nothing, but I think we might have let that Jake Browning go in favor of Sean Mannion a few years back. Kirk was standing on the table for Mannion to be the backup. I can't help but wonder if he felt threatened by Jake Browning. The guy seems to put the ball right on you. Boy, he had a nice little performance against the Jags the other night. They got a good long mm. look.
2: I they they I as I recall, um coming out of Washington, the Vikings in the Spielman time prioritized Browning, signed him to a pretty hefty, if I recall, uh UDFA to use some football football language. And so yeah, um it's you know what? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. And if O'Connell had been able to watch him, he he might have seen a guy that he would have kept so yeah Sean Mannion I don't think there's a debate here he was basically perceived as you know Kirk's friend and and an assistant coach so yeah it probably was a mistake
0: got it it was even like it was such a first guess thing. I get making Kirk is durable and just making him feel comfortable if he likes if he thinks Mannion does a good job sort of helping him game plan as like a pseudo assistant coach but the vikings I think the Vikings for a while took for granted. They did bring Mullins in, finally, right? But they got lucky there for a that few Kev- years.
2: That was that was Kevin though. Yep, but they got like, lucky right. for a
0: few years that an Achilles didn't pop two years ago, three years ago. You know, because they Sean Manning can't play. At least Nick Mullins can play a little bit. Josh yeah. Dobbs can play a little bit. Yes, and yes. we'll see about Jaron Hall when we get more sample size, but. That's a wrap, boys, on our Feedback Friday edition, this live show. So we we are live now three days a week in case you're maybe new to the party here. During the season, we're live for Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel right after Vikings games are done. We are live the day after Vikings games, ordinarily at 9 o'clock Central Time AM, and then on Fridays for Feedback Friday just after 10 AM Central Time. Click the like button and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. I believe I saw we're over 1,000 mostly positive reviews on Apple podcast too. So a five-star rating and a positive review help us continue to grow this amazing community of Vikings fans. So thank you guys. Uh, we'll hit you with some official picks tomorrow, and then we'll see you for Vikings vent line after Vikings Raiders on Sunday. Hey everyone. My name is Phil Mackey. Welcome to stepping up presented by federated insurance, where we talk to next generation business owners and leaders About their processes, the challenges they face, their leadership philosophies, their vision for the future of business. And our guest, as you can see, if you're watching this episode, um, is uh, someone that um, has helped craft one of my personal favorite restaurant chains, whether it's Red Cow or Red Rabbit, under the same umbrella, Michael Giacomini, uh, Director of Finance officially for Red Cow and Red Rabbit. And um, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'd love to just sort of dive into. What led you up to your ventures with Red Cow Red Rabbit and sort of what you see for the future? So, thanks for coming on.
1: So, we started 10 years ago. Actually, my mom and dad founded it. Um, we have a long history of working in restaurants. My mom was in restaurant distribution for 30 years. My dad ran different restaurants. I've worked in restaurants. My grandpa was in distribution. So, there's a lot of food and restaurants going on um, on our side of the family.
0: You guys don't just hire people at Red Cow Red Rabbit, um, you've even put employees through leadership training at Red Cow, Red Rabbit. So what is that process like for you guys? Who do you look to hire? Um, What is your leadership philosophy? You're not just like, all right, we're going to hire a chef. We're going to hire a, you know, a a server, just get on out there and, and do your thing. It seems like there's more thought put into it.
1: I was super fortunate that my dad was very much so about leadership development. And he always has said, we're a leadership development company that happens to serve cheeseburgers is kind of his tagline, and I love that tagline. So over the years, we've invested in different leadership coaches or different leadership classes um, to help grow our internal team members in order to become better leaders because it's so important. We think everything starts with leadership for them. And then when it comes to hiring, we came up with our mission statement, like I said, which is to create raving fans. And then we have our four core values which are We Care Tons, We Want to Win, We Love This, and Team First. And we really interview around those four core values. And our philosophy is, is if we can hire someone that matches with those, we can teach them how to serve cheeseburgers.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, well, this has been uh, Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching.